We're live. to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Friday night. Yes, it is Friday. We're and do- you got it right. I'm, I'm We're doing a Friday. We're doing a Friday one tonight. Uh, it's been a wild day, man. Absolutely wild day. Uh, we're going to we're gonna talk about it. Absolutely. We're definitely going to talk about it and uh, see how that's going. Um, if there's any audio issues, please let me know. We are uh, we have upgraded some audio stuff. We got a new audio interface, some new cameras. Look at look at we got the man back to his original seat over there, where he belongs. Finally, I'm very happy to see him over there. Uh, I, I hope like I, home. yeah I hope everything sounds good. If not, let us know in the comments. We're doing good. We're making some upgrades. Bringing the man home to where he goes. AJ can't be with us tonight. Unfortunately, he's got some stuff going on with his. Uh, his wifey, so he won't be here. We do got a cool guest for you guys tonight. Of course, all the drama that's been going on today, uh, which I didn't want to have happen. I didn't want to have that happen. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah. That, I mean, it's it's never fun to get in the weeds no. like that. And no. You get out in the ring of Twitter. No. Hey, everybody, go uh, do me a favor. Here, I, I, I redid everything, and it's all messed up now, so... Uh, but go check out TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break Cycle, where you can get all kinds of great hats, backpacks, hoodies, shirts, like the one that uh, you see Ryan wearing tonight, the Break the Cycle purple shirt, uh, by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or you can join the Patreon, subscribe, star, become a member of the YouTube channel under all of our videos by hitting the join link. And you can get into a private Discord server where you can get all of his new year up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at a 30% discount. So you're supporting both of us, saving some money. Great stuff, I promise you. My buttons aren't working on my controller. I, I like redid a bunch of stuff, unfortunately, and uh, I had to go through and like redo everything again because it all got messed up on my controller. But that's life. Such is life. Uh, is do you say Ryan? Uh, they're saying they're, Ryan. They're saying I'm a little quiet. Yeah, talk. I'm, I can turn you. Yeah, on I got I got I, all I'm the controls the mic right up here. A, a little bit because there we when go. we when we were testing audio, I was I was on the loud side for yeah. sure. Yeah, I well, I turned you down after that a little bit. Oh, you were okay. Hot. Um, but anyways, it's it's been a wild day. Yeah, it how has. are you doing today, Ryan? I I'm doing I'm doing good. It's it w- it's been wild with the Twitter drama. I I I'm bringing out a new nickname. Somebody called me Josh's throw pillow. 
And that's apparently that uh, this guy knows our relationship so well. Yeah, that he it's, can, I he it can determine that. So if I'm going to be a throw pillow, I'm going to be the best damn throw pillow in the business. Well, I do so. find it funny that uh, he called you a throw pillow the day that I moved you off the couch <laughs> and back into your own your own yeah. position. I do want to make it clear that no matter what your feelings about Ryan are, he's one of my best friends. He comes over and hangs out with my children and, and eats dinner with us. And uh, he's a very good friend. He's not just my throw pillow. Um, I, we may not I'm always agree. the best agree. damn throw pillow in the business. He is the best damn throw pillow in the business. He, we may not always get along, okay? And I may, I may not always agree with a guy. And even once in a while, I yell at him on the show. Uh, but he is no doubt, with without a doubt, one of my very best friends. So I appreciate you to death, man. Uh, can we get some Yepcocks in the chat for our good oh, friend? Absolutely. The throw we pillow? Would, yeah, we already got some Yepcocks. So people people are showing up and showing out tonight. And I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna do this thing. We do have a great guest for you tonight. I'm very excited. He's running against uh, second base herself, Mrs. Lauren, uh, Lauren Bobert, there in Colorado, Mr. James Wiley, sir. How are you doing tonight? Yeah. Yeah, of course. We're we're going to go hard tonight and we're going to talk some about uh your campaign and all those good things too, but uh why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, why you're running all that good stuff? Oh wait, wait. Shadows. There you go. Now 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 How's you can talk. Sound? I okay. well, I had I had the audio off unfortunately, but now I have it back on, so. Oh sure. So so my campaign kind of came out of the shadows. I wasn't expecting to run, wasn't planning to run, wasn't thinking about running. It wasn't anything I imagined doing in in my future, in my my career, in my uh, in my life at all. And it it came up to me as an opportunity to really hold the government accountable in a unique way. And I've I've been trying to do that same mission, trying to perform that same work the last three years in particular. And having a new front, a new battle line that we can make within the political realm specific to this campaign, specific to Lauren Boebert. That's where I, I really came from and decided to go ahead and run. And with the, the pledge that Lauren Boebert failed to sign, not just failing to sign, but defaming and, and claiming to be unworthy of her, that really kind of gave me a little extra fire to get into the race. Nice. But my background is in civil rights. So I, I've been working in civil rights for the last three years, been involved in different litigation, election lawsuits, and we've actually had a, a, a different angle to our work just recently this last year, where we've been fighting for human rights as well, human trafficking, child trafficking, the sex trade, the slave trade, and fighting against the Sinaloa cartel in that capacity. And so the Sinaloa cartel is very much in, in control of a large portion of our political atmosphere here in the United States and, and seeing the Libertarian Party always standing up against tyranny. But in this particular moment, having the opportunity to, to bring the message of resistance against uh, international criminal organizations that I've been fighting against, to bring the resistance against the, the COVID regime that you are so vocal about fighting against, and of course, bring yes. the resistance against the election fraud that has been all across our country the last not just three years, but 23 years, ever since my, my birthday in 2000, November 7th. <laughs> that's when I turned seven years old. In 2000, Bush Wait, stole that election. You, you were born in 2000? Is that what you just said? Uh, excuse me. I was seven years old at, at, in the year 2000. Okay. Okay. So, I was like, wow. Uh, I'm, I'm qualified to run. I'm over 25. He's older, than, he's older than you. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he's older than you, buddy. Well, well, good on you, man. I'm, I'm stoked for you. I think uh, I think that'll be a fun race. I know. Here, here's the deal. I, I I had initially said that I thought maybe it would be a bad idea to run against Lo Lawrence, and she's one of the good 
one of the decent people uh, when it comes to votes in Congress. Um, but then I realized that Colorado uh, put out this this um, what, what would you call it? What, what do you guys call it, James? The 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 pact that you guys put out. Yeah, we we made a pact with the GOP, and out of that pact came a pledge, which the candidates had the opportunity to sign. Right. And it basically was like, we're going to work with the GOP, and if there's a not a good candidate running, we'll run an LP person. And if it's a good freedom candidate that actually ticks all the box, we won't run a libertarian against them. Well, Lauren d- decided not to sign the, the agreement. And so, well, that's that's her fault. And then James came around. And uh, what's your what's your campaign slogan there, James? I stole it from you. It's, it's Wiley for Vengeance. And I, love I, it. I know you Let's had done plenty go. of background research and uh, deciding on that type of terminology to use. And I didn't want to just be a, another libertarian lone wolf trying to do his own thing. Sure. I want vengeance too. Yeah. So I think we have that in common. And I'm, I'm glad that I uh, had the opportunity to, to steal that bit from you. I hope other candidates will continue to do the same and, and put whatever their name is for vengeance because that's that's what we're here for. That's what the people want us to, to do for them is get vengeance. It's a movement. It's a movement. It's yes. a vengeance movement at this point. That's what we're starting. And uh, we're going to get our damn vengeance, man. I promise you. It's coming. It's coming, man. Uh, we had a really great debate the other night. Um, and it was the first time that Rechtenwald and I had been in the same room. Um, and, of course, Chase. It was the second time that Chase and I had mm-hmm. sat down on this campaign. We, Chase and I had a really good uh, talk in Denver, Chase, Oliver, and I. Um, and it was it was at the Independence Institute, and it went really well. I think that there was one part where he definitely didn't want to answer my question, and walked around it. But then he had to, he had to deal with it in this last debate. Of course, it was Michael Rechtenwald asking him, and it it, really, it was great because they got in this this argument about it, and I just sat there smiling because I was like, ah, oh, I get to be the adult in the room right now. And I like this, but uh, we totally destroyed that debate. Uh, there's no doubt about it. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. It's on the North uh, North New Jersey Libertarian Party's YouTube page. Uh, they did a really cool event, and uh, and we, we, we won. And there was a poll held afterwards. We got like 68% of the vote or something like that uh, that said we won. So I, I believe that we won. Um, but now we're dealing with some other drama. And, and I want to ta- I want to explain, I want to preface all this uh, with – Starting at my before my resignation from the LNC, okay, and and I'm gonna I'm I'm not telling lies here, okay. There was a time that I checked out after my son was born, okay, briefly, maybe a month and a half, two months. I took some family leave uh, for my job. I stayed home, did stuff with my wife. We kind of, you know, we're getting used to having six kids in the house instead of five. I mean, basically, that's what that's what it was, and a new baby, um, and there was a lot to do. And so there was that time where I checked out totally 100%. I kept up on the email list. I made my, you know, my votes. I missed an LNC meeting because we just had a baby. You know what I mean? Um, And it wasn't, it wasn't feasible for me to travel at that moment. Um, And so uh, I can understand how some people might be like, you weren't doing your job as the vice chair after, after, before my resignation. But I want to take this back to before the election for vice chair. Okay, I I had finished two terms on that LNC. Okay, I did 2018 to 2020, and I had to sit across from Nick Sarwark and fight his terrible shit policy repeatedly over and over and over again for two years. And then from 2020 uh, 20 to 2022, I sat across from Joe Bishop Hinchman, and I pushed so hard that I was able to get Joe Bishop Hinchman to resign. In fact, I made a motion for him to release his email correspondence with New Hampshire. And he resigned, he, he deleted all his emails, started a motion and resigned the next day. 
So anybody can say that I don't work. That's fine. I don't mind. Whatever. Say what you got to say about it. I don't care. I, I thought you did nothing. That's what a lot of people yeah, are trying to say right now. You do nothing. Right right now, what you're doing right now is nothing. Yes. This is nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I do nothing. I'm a do-nothing grifter, uh, mm-hmm. according to Michael Heiss. So, so here's the deal. So uh, I was running for chair again in 2022. I was like, look, I was like, look, I want to, I want to finish what I started here. I want to get us to that top of that mountain. I want to get the LNC completely. I want to be the chair for two years and then I'll leave it to whoever. And I was going to do it. And I announced, I literally announced in the pool at the Airbnb in Reno, in, uh, in Orlando after I lost the chair race there in Orlando. So, I mean, within hours I had announced again and told everybody we're going to run it. We're going to run a campaign. Okay. Mises Caucus decide they want to run Angela. Okay. I talked to Michael Heiss personally. I said, I don't think it's a good idea. I think if you want to find a chair candidate that's not me, then then run somebody else that's better. I don't think Angela's good for the job. I don't I I've I've seen her in California. I don't think it's a good idea. He swore to me it was a great idea. Everything's gonna be fine. She's got a bunch a bunch of support. I said, you know what, Mike? All right. I trust, I trusted Mike. I trusted the Mises Caucus. I helped build that movement, that momentum to get us there. I said, you know what, I'm going to step down. So I stepped down, and I threw my support behind Angela. And a- Angela at least plays the like public part well. She has energy. She's, she's a good speaker. Right. She would be a better candidate for president than Rectenwald. Yeah, probably than Rectenwald, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. She's snaky, though. And, and I'm going to explain. Yep. I'm going to explain this whole thing, okay? So I um, was... Going to be like, all right, well, you know what? I'll run for vice chair. I started calling Mike. I was like, Mike, I'm going to run for vice chair. He's like, well, we're talking about running maybe Aaron Adams or somebody else or somebody like that. And I kind of saw the writing on the wall that they were like trying to just kind of do away with me at that at that time. This is 2020 or 2021, beginning of 2021, okay? And then I was like, you know what? I see what they're going to do. I seen this thing with Eric coming, and I was not happy with them trying to run a prag in that position. I told Mike, I told everybody I wasn't happy with that. I said, we worked our ass off too hard. No fucking olive branches. Just just let's take the whole thing and, and do something good. And he said, no. I said, all right, well, I'm going to run for vice chair anyways. And I announced and I ran for vice chair. And, you know, for a guy who's just a do-nothing grifter, I still beat their candidate in 2022. Okay? So, so think about this. Even if... Even if I was terrible as an administrator on a board, okay? Even if I was terrible as an administrator on a board, I just got done running three national campaigns in a row all over the country, 49 states, meeting thousands of people, fundraising. I was the biggest, the number one recruiter in the entire Libertarian Party for two years. Even if I was a terrible administrator, fine. If all the things you're saying about me are true, fine. But you know I can run a campaign, and that's what this is. This is a campaign. This is a campaign for president. So you know this is what I'm good at. Even if you even if you argue that I'm a terrible administrator, fine. But it didn't stop. That's the thing. Like so, there was all this snaky shit going on when I was running for vice chair, right? And and all kinds of shit being thrown around and things being said about me that I was derelict in my duties on state boards, even though I was running for chair at the time, and those state boards actually endorsed me. Supposedly, I was derelict in my duty on those state boards, but none of the people who endorsed me would say I was derelict. None of the people that I served on the board with at the time said I was derelict, right? 
But I had to fight against all these accusations for a year and a half or a year and still won the vice chair role. I thought, good, it'll stop. It'll stop right here. We're done with it. And then I, I reached out because everybody was afraid that I was going to try to out alpha Angela. Okay. You're going to, you're going to try to alpha her. Don't do that. I'm not going to do that, dude. I just want to help. I just want this thing to be a, a big, beautiful thing that we thought it could be. We worked our ass off to get here. Let's do the thing that we need to do. I reached out to Angela immediately. I said, I just want you to know I'm here for you. I called her boss. Okay. Whatever you need from me, let's do this. Okay. I had a nice gavel literally engraved, ordered for her, says to the chair that saved it all. I was literally trying my very hardest to be as good as I can, okay? And then I started asking her for things to do, and she, she wouldn't get back to me. Then, then she tells me, here's a, you know, we want to do a show for the party. Do you want to do a show for the party? Yeah, hell yeah. Give me a white paper. Let me know, to, you know, let me know, know what you want to do. Then they hold this Bitcoin fundraiser, right? That was online all day long on the YouTube, right? And, and she's like, would you like to be on there? I said, sure. I hopped on there with Clint Russell. I think Dan Smots came on. And within five minutes of being on that thing, I'm getting text messages saying, you need to cool it. You need to cool it. You can't, you can't say these things or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I can't do a show on the party's YouTube if I'm going to be horse collared, right? So I just scrapped the idea entirely. I'm not going to do it. But I was still asking for things to do. Finally, I started reaching out to staff, Kara Schultz even. Hey, what do you need me to do? I'm inputting, I'm inputting candidate information and stuff like that, like trying to help out where I can because I'm getting stonewalled. Meanwhile, I have, I have membership calling me, asking me, why, are you, why aren't you doing anything? Do you really think you're doing a good job? Blah, 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 blah. And I find out that people are talking shit behind my back while I'm trying to actively find things to do. Okay. So I resigned because I wasn't going to put up with it. I wasn't going to sit on a board for two years with people that were dragging me through the fucking mud. I wasn't going to do it. No. So I resigned and I did it without trying to drag everybody else through the mud. That was my whole goal. I, I made it clear that there were some people that I wasn't happy with, some things going on that I wasn't happy with. I didn't drop any names. I didn't do any of that shit. Okay. Then I found out with those data dumps that last term, Last term, when I was working my ass off to help New Hampshire and, and getting Joe Bishop Henchman to resign and, and several other people to resign too, by the way, I found out that Angela was working with Anna Johnson out of Washington and Chris Lucchini from the Prague Loser Caucus to have me and Karen Ann Harlos removed from the LNC. Last term, while I was doing all that work. And I, I decided right then and there, you know what? She's not worth protecting. Anybody who helped her out is not worth protecting. That's bullshit. That's snaky stuff. I'm not dealing with it. Out. And Heist never weighed in on this stuff, by the way. Okay? But I saw the writing on the wall with the Dave Smith stuff. I saw the writing on the wall that Dave wasn't going to run. Okay? And I didn't see any other candidates. Spike wasn't doing it. They kept talking about Clint. I was talking to Clint on the phone. Clint's like, I don't want to run for president, man. I have other things to do. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to put it out there kind of as a challenge, just like I did the first time I ran for chair in 2018 and see what happens. So I put it out. We got tons of support. We had a 50 person campaign team overnight. It seemed like, Oh yeah. It was one of the most impressive things I think I've ever witnessed. It Immediately. Was, yeah. And it, it wasn't like you, you top, top down issuing commands. It was this beautiful decentralized thing where people just came together to work towards a common goal. It was, it was awesome. It was exactly how the LP should work. Right. 
And we and it was like perfect. Grassroots, organized. These guys were just doing things. We had a great campaign team going already. Boom. I reached out to Michael Heiss personally. Man, help me out, dude. Let's do this thing. Let's get this movement back together. I'm like, I'm like, let's work together, man. I, look, I, even if you're, even if I'm not the candidate, let's work together. Let me get the email list that I helped you build of the people that I helped bring in. I'm getting 50 million Americans data. I'll share data with you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We'll do this thing. We'll do it right. Yeah. And he said, no, that data, that data is just for the, uh, for the endorsed candidate. This is before Reckonwald had even announced, by the yeah. way. He and was still telling me he's holding out. Yeah, that's that's so dumb. But so. he's but 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 wait, he's also telling me at the same time. Oh, but you're you've got my vote right now. You've got my vote right now. That, okay, that's so incredibly so dumb. it's incredibly dumb. And so here's the thing. So so okay, cool, fine, whatever. Then he starts. Then he he brings out Rechtenwald, right? Okay, Rechtenwald's a snooze fest, dude. Mm-hmm. Nice guy, very smart scholar. Yeah. No one in this country is going to get behind him as a powerful leader movement. It's not going to happen. He's not, he's not mad enough. He's not fiery enough. He talks about all his books every time he opens his mouth. And look, you I don't hate the guy. You listen to him and you think, he might be nice to have in a cabinet. Yeah. Like, on the, on he's the cabinet. He's very smart. But, I would even mind him yeah. as, a, as a vice presidential candidate talking policy behind, you know yeah, what I mean? absolutely. But also, like, here's the thing. Like, he's, he's not the guy. He's not, he's not the Ron Paul revolution that we were promised, 2.0. That we were promised. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. And and he and and look, no knock on him for his his capacity of knowledge and his his fight against the 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 reset, the great reset, the WEF, all that stuff. We have that in common. Yeah. He's not fiery enough to, to to fire people up and get them moving. No biggie, whatever. I'm still gonna run against him. It's not a big deal, mm-hmm. right? He's not he's not enough for me to drop out of the race. Whatever. But then I start getting messages from my my supporters, people on my campaign team. Saying, "Hey, man, these people are talking shit about you. Can you tell? Can you explain this to me? Sure. What do you want? What do you want to know? Well, they're saying that you won't share data with them. I said, I've already said that I would share data with them. I said I'd give all my data to the party. What are you talking about? Well, they're saying you won't. I have it publicly saying it to Mike that I do it. So I screenshot it. Then I start getting screenshots of him saying that I'm only doing this to split apart the movement, among other things, and that it's a I'm a grifter and this and that and this and that. Okay." Well, I got screenshots of me talking to you about this, you know. So if you're going to go around to, and call all of my, all of my supporters because he's, you know, he's got their numbers. Or most most of my campaign staff is Mises Caucus. First of all, a lot of the people who have pledged support and donated yeah. the campaign are Mises Caucus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And this guy has the problem with Mike is he's cushioned himself so much from the rank and file members that he only hears from the state organizers, if that. Mm-hmm. And and I'm telling you right now, like we have a lot of support in the caucus still. Absolutely. If you're listen, if you're like a cult follower like Zach Tatum, maybe you don't support us. That's fine. I don't care. But I'm not going to sit here and have my people gaslighted on my campaign and me lied about every single day to these people that support the campaign just so you can have some underhanded tactic to try and get your candidate in there. So I dropped the 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 the, the proof, the absolute proof that what he's saying is a lie. Because I'm not going to sit there and have a thousand phone calls. I'm not going to have a thousand phone calls about this. I've already had 150 or more since I resigned from the LNC to to tell them what was going on and why I resigned. And and you you sat there and let people assume the worst about you for months and months and months, 
to protect Heiss yes. and Angela yes. and the Mises caucus. Repeatedly. And this is how they pay, That's how they repay pay me back. you. Yeah. yeah, they're repaying you by calling you a do-nothing yeah. grifter. I literally did everything I could to protect them. I, I let people attack me every day and then had private phone calls so that I didn't fuck up the movement, so that I didn't mm -hmm. splinter the movement. Yeah. I was on this show repeatedly saying, listen, I'm upset. Even after I released everything, listen, I'm upset. I still believe the Mises caucus is the way. You've heard it. You've heard me say Absolutely. it repeatedly. You've heard me say it. Yeah. And like on the, on the data sharing thing, do you know how like generally easy of a thing that is between people like, so we, the classical liberal caucus sponsored kind of a local event, uh, for, for our local LP, which I'm the chair of, right. They were willing to send us the data that they got from that, knowing who I am, knowing that I work with you, knowing that I, at least at the time was pretty loudly Mises caucus. Right. And the classical liberal caucus, who absolutely hate us, we're still willing to share with that. Yeah. Well, here's let's talk. Let's talk to James. We don't want to. We don't want to ignore oh, you, James. Yeah. Sorry, we got a lot going on here, buddy. Uh, so, what? Where? Where do you stand on all this, man? What do you have? You been watching it? Have you seen? What do you? What? What do you think the general consensus is for people who are kind of not in a part of it? May I cuss? Yeah, of course, dude. This is not a family friendly show. Sorry. Fuck everything you know about the Libertarian Party. Uh, and and uh, I don't mean that offensive to you specifically, but I mean that offensive to the, the status quo that we're experiencing, uh, maybe uh, some of the, the back and forth internal drama that ebbs and flows within the Libertarian Party every five years, every every decade and a half. It, it's a regular cycle. But right he here we have a moment to not be what we've been for a long time, to uh, break the cycle. And I think we have an opportunity to really focus on what the party is becoming. Not it, not what it was or what it is, but what it's becoming, and and it's going to be more than just the, the the classic libertarian party that we've known from the Ron Paul days. It's going to be more than even the Mrs. Co uh, Mrs. Cocky. Ugh. Cocky, Mrs. I like Cocky. it. I, I support yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that it is at the moment. It's going to be the national populist party, and we need to look at it from that perspective and and recognize that no nobody in three months is going to have any memory of what is what the topic of conversation is at this moment because they're going to be all new blood sure and well i'm not new blood i voted in 2012 2016 2020 got my georgianson sign right here i was sorry i'm sorry for you. <laughs> the letter speak movement here in colorado and joined those convoys all across the country and so i have a long time libertarian but i haven't been in the weeds like you guys have i haven't been really cutting my teeth on on the internal party politics like you guys have and all, all due respect to that effort i think it's so important that you've We've brought the, the vehicle, particularly you guys with the Mises Caucus, has brought this vehicle to where it is now, where we have the opportunity to actually bring forward the true libertarian message, the true libertaria, that society that we strive to produce. And that is for everybody. And, and so we have that moment now, and we are ready to jump into it. But yeah, fuck everything you know about the Libertarian Party. Uh, all that's the past. Even the present is now the past because we have this moment to absolutely blow up the current perception of what we are and re-educate. Re I'll steal Hillary's terms. Re-educate the public 
about what it is to be a human in a free society. Well, we're talking about re-education camps. I, oh, well, I, I'm cool with putting... About blowing up perceptions of libertarians. Uh, Christopher Baker, thank you for the $2 super chat. He said, Javier uh, Milley... Malay, the... dude. It's Javier Malay. Jeez, Malay. I'm dyslexic, okay? Uh, <laughs> Javier Malay is the next president of Argentina, so libertarians can win elections. Well, I don't think he's won the oh. election yet. I think he's just saying that. Wait. But here, here's the thing about Javier. It, I, it is coming up. It is, yeah. It's not It's not there yet, but um, okay. that's what we need in America right now. We need somebody who's going to go out there and, and say the same things as he's saying, right? We need somebody who's going to be fiery and hyped mm -hmm. up and do those things. Yeah. Wield a chainsaw yeah, on like live legitim TV. Legitimately, that's what we need to see right now, and, and, and that's what these people that are fed up with the, the two-party system, the uniparty system, whatever you want to call it, want to see. That's what we're seeing. And he's not the first one. I mean, there's hardcore right-wingers talk, like, talking about winning over in Europe right now, too. Listen, Poland just announced that their uh, uh, ultimate forever king is is Jesus. I don't know if you saw that. Um, so, the theocracy so we got going on they, they literally Poland? just They literally just announced that their, their forever king is Jesus for the whole country. Kind of of, of, that, it's yeah, pretty based. Dude. Super based. So, and they're one of the countries that decriminalized all drugs, right? Yes. They're, no, yeah. no, no, not Poland. Portugal. You're thinking of Portugal. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so so back to this thing. So anyway, so now people are saying, well, well, they're like concern trolling me, right? Like, well, you released private conversations. Yeah, dude, this dude's been going around behind my back for two years lying about me to the people who support me. Half of his like organizers are on my cafe campaign staff dude they're literally calling me like this guy just continues to talk shit he's like writing screeds talking shit about you and i'm like i'm not gonna let that continue to happen and i'm not gonna have a thousand phone calls i'm not gonna do it mm -hmm. if he would have just kept my name out of his mouth not said a word about me it was better when he was acting like i wasn't running yeah you know what i mean like fine act like i'm not running that's cool i don't care you're running your own candidate he's I get having that. flashbacks to your vice chair yes run. i beat you once dude just... i'll do it again <laughs> i'll do it again I, and, and here's the thing like it was never about that. It wasn't about like some some competition between me and Mike Heiss. I'm trying to run a campaign to hype up a movement. It's not about it's not even about me. Like I've made it very clear in my platform, in my videos, like this is a movement. We're starting a movement. This campaign is bigger than me. It's not just about me. This is a movement. This is this is us reawakening the Ron Paul revolution, bringing everyone back to the table and 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 making the Uniparty scared of us. We can do that. And, and, and I'm just happen to be the figurehead for it right now. Yeah. It's not about me. It's not enriching my life at all. My wife's mad at me every other day because of the campaign. You know what I mean? Like, trust me, she's a five-foot Italian. It's rough sometimes. She, she agrees and she believes in me and she, she knows that I'm doing this because I want to see a better life for my children. Okay? That's the main reason behind all of this. That all the political work that I'm doing is because I want to see a better life for my children. But don't go around talking shit about me, dude. Unless you have some, some receipts, which you don't, because I have the receipts. I have the receipts. I keep receipts. Everybody who knows me knows I keep receipts always. Unless it's receipts that my treasurer needs for the campaign. I keep losing those. I feel bad. Sorry, Rich. I love you, though. <laughs> it's, it's all electronic now. He gets it all. Like, it's not like I'm hiding anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but, it's, but it's like, here's the deal, dude. Like, Don't go around and trash me to my friends. Don't go around and trash me. Say whatever you want to new people. I don't care. Okay. But my supporters, they're going to call me and talk to me and send me screenshots of what you're saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be a shitty, underhanded, tactic, behind-closed-door person. You know what I mean? Like, And then Dave and these guys are like, why don't you do a show with Mike Heiss? Why? 
Why? So he can sit there and say whatever he wants without having to prove his work? I did it on Twitter, so he has to prove his work. That's the whole pro- That's the whole purpose. Like, if we're in a show, we're not going to have, like, screenshots printed out of all the work, right? I mean, that would be baller as hell for you I, to I could do it. I could do it. I could. I got plenty. <laughs> I got six years of screenshots, dude, all saved on the same phone. Uh, trust me, I'm almost out of room. I'm going to have to start uh, uh, an external hard drive of receipts because I've crept receipts on everyone in this movement that's talked shit or that I fought with or anybody that said something because I know how this goes. Because in my very first campaign in 2018, this group of people that were working with another candidate decided to try and put out a bunch of false allegations about me. But I kept receipts and I put them out. And I put those receipts out in a publication and they had to come and apologize to me. In fact, that other candidate dropped out of the race. That was in 2018. You think I'm not better at it now? I'm way better at it now. I just happen to be thankful enough to have those receipts in 2018. But I could do it way worse now. I could go full nuclear if I wanted to, but that's not my goal. My goal is to have everyone organized when we hit that general to, 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 to move this movement ahead. That's it. That's all I care about. This is my last ditch effort to see this movement succeed because it's not succeeding right now. It hasn't been. I don't care what anybody says. The financials are bleak. The membership numbers are bleak. They're terrible. It's falling apart. To everyone looking at inside, it doesn't look like there's been any work done over the last year. Not just from me, from anybody. And now we're talking about voter gravity and Operation Warhawk removal and all this stuff, but it's like, that just started. It just started. It's been over a year. Over a year. The term is up in less than a year. And you're gonna t- and you're gonna try and blame it on me? No, dude. No. I resigned for a reason. I saw the writing on the wall. But you don't get to go around and talk shit about me to my friends. You if just you didn't don't get resign, to do it. Do you think they would be pinning all everything the would be my failures fault, on you? I saw the writing on the wall. If I hadn't resigned, everything would be my fault. They'd already been saying that for two years, dude. Everything would have been my fault. So no, I'm not gonna sit there and deal with that. Absolutely not. And I'm not going to let you go around and talk shit about me to my friends and lie and lie. That's the thing. Like, say, say what you want. Like, say, yeah, there was a month and a half where he checked out of this LNC or say that I missed an LNC meeting last term because I only missed one or say that I missed an LNC meeting in my first term because I only missed one or say that sometimes I do take on projects that are too big for me. Like Dave, like Dave Benner's book. It was way too big. Editing, I have never edited a book before. I tried my, 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 my hand at it. I gave it my all. I, I fucked up the audio several times. And Dave's upset, and I get it. But Dave's still my friend, and he's not going to go around and trash talk me. It was the project that was way bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's the 500-page audio book. It's rough, yeah. okay? I'm yeah, just telling you right now. Scott like Horton laughed at me. The biggest knock people can throw out on you is that you take on too much and then Heiss is out here calling you a do-nothing. A do-nothing, yeah. That's the, the other thing is they're like they're saying you take on way too much, but I'm a do-nothing grifter. What? Yeah. How does that even make sense? But the funniest part about all this is my friend Ben posted on there because I said, I'm tired of your whisper campaign, your dumbass lying whisper campaign. Stop making the whisper campaign about me. Say whatever you want to say publicly. I don't care, but stop going around and calling my supporters. At least give me the opportunity to refute it without them calling me saying, hey, they're saying these things. And he said, it's not a whisper campaign. I don't have a whisper campaign against you. And Ben walked right up to him and said on Twitter, hey, you you literally whispered to me at the national convention last year not to vote for Joshua because he's untrustworthy. 
And then he said, he is. He totally busted his whole, like the whole lie was over. On the spot, it was over. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just hate, I hate this. I didn't want to do this. This isn't what I wanted to do. This isn't how I wanted my campaign to go. Yeah, and uh, Scott and Josh are not beefing. Scott was just uh, laughing. No, he's asking if Scott and Dave are beefing. No. Oh. Oh, wait, are Scott and... They have oh. they've had had some weird beef recently about okay uh, about maybe Dave not giving Scott enough credit oh, on yeah. Scott, on Joe oh, Rogan yeah. or something. I'm not sure. I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, that that seems like pretty yeah. pretty petty, and it'll I don't it'll know. probably it'll probably wash over. James, you think you're going to beat Lauren Boebert or what? I think so. How uh, how I, are I you going to beat Lauren, Lauren Boebert? Initially, I thought it was going to be uh, just a, a spoiler campaign. Yeah, just hold her accountable to her failure to enforce the, uh, maintain the pack and sign the pledge. But as, of course, Beetlejuice came out, I had made the decision before Beetlejuice, <laughs> mind you. So when that happened, it really not just made my day, but made my week, made my month, made my year. I'm, I'm really enjoying the fallout from that because it really showed to the public what we already knew is that she was two-faced, is, is that she doesn't actually believe what she says she doesn't actually do what she says and there's an opportunity for somebody who does believe what they say who does do what they say and that's why i i believe my campaign represents our congressional district better than hers i believe my values represent the district better than hers and i i believe that what i will do for our district once i get elected to congress is what the people want what they're seeing now from the Freedom Caucus, uh, what they're seeing from Republicans in general, and Lauren Boebert having received $130,000 from McCarthy before the vote and voting for McCarthy not to remove him. It, it kind of shows that she's two-faced. Now she's coming back and saying, great job, Matt Gates. I love what you did. Why didn't you vote for it, Lauren? I would vote to get McCarthy out. Yeah. I would vote to eliminate the Federal Reserve. I would vote to eliminate the IRS, I would vote to end foreign wars, and I would vote to deploy militias along our southern border. These are all things that the Congress needs to do. I would vote to declare war against the Sinaloa cartel. These are things that need to happen. We need to be voting for the the sustenance of our nation, not debating rules and procedure and whether or not we're going to pass an omnibus or a single issue Pass nothing. Zero dollars to the federal government. That's what's it's got to be moving forward. Sure. And that's I agree. the message that the people are ready for. Yeah, I agree. And, and my presidential campaign isn't much different. The only the, the big difference is that I I can't do any of those things. Like I don't have the opportunity to vote for those things as a president. Mm-hmm. I can veto spending bills, which is very important from from the executive office. But I 100%. I don't I, the, the, a lot of people, you know, they run for president and they they run on these uh these bumper sticker platitudes. By the way, if anybody's watching this that hasn't ever been here before or has not subscribed to the channel, please hit the subscribe button right now. Uh, we need to get our subscriber account up to keep the algorithm going. It's been chopping us down real hard. Um, so please do that. Uh, and if you're listening to this on the audio, please go and subscribe to the YouTube for the live shows. Um, but th- these bumper sticker platitudes don't work with me anymore, right? You can't abolish the ATF. You can't abolish the IRS. You can't abolish... You, as a member of Congress, you can vote to do that. But a president has no power to do that. President does have the power, though. Like Vivek has said, like I've said in all of my my debates, we do have the opportunity to relieve 70% of the workforce. 
And I would do that to all of these agencies because they've gotten way too big and out of control. Then you have an opportunity to take whatever's left and move a lot of them around the country to little jurisdictions or uh, maintenance departments or uh, mail rooms or anything. Well, you do the inverse of what Elon did at Twitter. Elon found the top 20% of the most productive people and only kept them and only the essential people with the, right with the well, 70% and that's, the, and that's the thing is you find those same 20% yeah and send them back in well and that's the thing is you'll get the you'll get the program so small that they'll only have time to focus on what they were supposed to like the FBI was supposed to focus on like interstate serial killers and like mm -hmm. child sex trafficking right yeah. and but they've gotten so big that they're like infiltrating catholic groups right and like calling soccer moms domestic terrorists at school board meetings so like we have to get it at least to the to the point then if it's still inefficient we can make a case to the federal government like hey you guys need to think about voting to abolish these things right but but the president doesn't have that power so it's kind of cool to to have like real policy prescriptions you know what i mean um uh, i don't know but anyways i i people keep asking about uh horton uh, I talk to Scott Horton all the time on the phone. He's a good friend of mine. He, I've been trying to get him to run for my vice presidential uh, uh, position several times now. He's very adamant that he will never run for office. But um, uh, Scott, I don't know if Scott will support me publicly. He may. I don't know. We, we'll see what happens. Um, but he's as of right now, he's not publicly supporting a candidate, but he helps me with foreign policy all the time. He's 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 the man. He's, he's my good friend. Um, and I did talk to Michael Bolden recently too. He'll be helping me more on my nullification stuff that I've been talking about, That's like dope. getting into local office and nullifying stuff mm -hmm. um, from the Tenth Amendment Center. Michael Bolden's great. So I think all these people should I should you guys be crazy enough to put me in the White House? Here we're going to Fantasyland. If you watch Ooh. if you watch my debate, we're going to Fantasyland. Um, if I if you guys are crazy enough to put me in office uh, and in the White House, a lot of these people will end up being in my cabinet. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know we'll we'll work because nobody knows legislation better than Michael Bolden, just or anybody at the Tenth Amendment Center for that matter. I mean they're all amazing, um, and then uh, Macari as well is very great. Um, and then of course Scott is going to be the Secretary of State or something, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna get him in there like just saying no more wars and. We'll put Dave somewhere. Michael Malice will be speaking and oh, press secretary. Mike, Michael Malice for press secretary. Yes. obviously. So, um, and uh, and Clint is Clint is my homie too. I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever support anybody. Maybe he will closer to the uh, to the the um, convention. I hope so. I, I love Clint. Clint's Clint's the homie. I know that Clint doesn't get along with a lot of people. A lot of people don't like Clint, but me and Clint have always been close. I've never had any issues with him. I know that some people don't like him at all, but. He's cool with me, man, and and I and he's been really good about not endorsing and not trying not to play a side. And he did a space with me and a space with him, and it is what it is. But um, this this thing has gotten out of hand, and so like all the people who are like, you need to you need to do a show with Mike Heiss. No, I don't. I've been talking to Mike Heiss on the phone and in shows and in person for six fucking years, dude. Six years. Why do I need to do a show with Michael Heiss so that he can sit there and continue to gaslight people? And I have no. I have like nothing else to do. I can't show the screenshots. I can't show the proof on a show. So he just gets to go off and say whatever he wants. No, Rep respond to it here on Twitter where I've posted the, the absolute proof and receipts of your own words. You could do it there. Stop concern trolling he, me he about, did, you have to do it. by admitting that he would. Yeah, he, he responded was, by admitting to what I was saying. And then, and then proceeded to just... Go full ad hominem yes. because he had, he had nothing He had else. nothing because I said you have nothing. And then he goes, you're just a uh, do-nothing grifter. I'm like, dude, you didn't even do anything for like the last year at all. And then here's the other part. 
So we find out that he was supposed to be Dave Smith's campaign manager. Okay? He was totally underwater doing the decentralized revolution tour. Dave didn't show up to any of the any of the stops, maybe a couple, but not most of them. Okay, he decided to go do comedy instead. So they, they booked this whole tour and didn't even have a headliner. Did the whole tour, packs underwater, entirely underwater. He's out of money. He's got to stop taking a pay, paycheck from the from the pack. He gets a job, gets fired from the job. Then all of a sudden, conveniently, he's got to go handpick a candidate really fast and get him back in. Then we find out that he wanted to be Dave Smith's campaign manager, which, by the way, is illegal. You can't be the chair of a pack and a campaign manager for a presidential candidate. That's like wildly illegal, like go to jail illegal. Okay, and and so. It's not, you're not like fooling anybody, dude. Most people can see what this is. It's a giant money grab. Even your candidate is playing a money grab. He's talking about his books every five seconds. Oh, you can find my books on Amazon every five seconds. He does have I've, one of the most brilliantly named books I've ever heard in the Google Arch- Archipelago. The Archipelago, yeah. Because I'm reading the Gulag Archipelago oh, sure. right now. Sure. And that's, that's brilliant. So I'm just saying, like, we see what you're doing, bud. We see your your money grab. Even your candidate is trying to money grab. And I'm, I'm just not playing that game, dude. Like, get mad at me for retaliating and saying what I need to say back. I don't care if you're mad at me for that, dude. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, what? I have nothing to lose. This isn't about my ego. This is about me not letting you gaslight the people who are my friends, man. That's it. That's it. You're not going to gaslight my friends. I'm going to drop proof. I got six years of receipts. I got a lot more, bud. A lot more. That was nothing. That was nothing compared to the rest of the receipts I got. I got all all the dirty, underhanded shit you did that I knew about. I got all those too. All of them. So James, have you done any like campaign videos yet? Not yet. That's, okay. That's a major priority. I'm looking to get a, a producer to put something together soon here. All right. It, when you do it, you need to shoot it in a theater. And it started off with, I know how to behave appropriately in this building. Oh, that would be so good, dude. You should totally do. We, we, we could get good video for you and then have Dan Smots do it. And it would be savage. It would be so savage. Like, I know proper etiquette. It would be perfect. Yeah. Hello, my name's James Wiley. Today, I want to talk to you about movie theater etiquette. Dude, you can totally do <laughs> this. This would Keep be hilarious. Keep your hands within your chair. It would be so funny. Oh my goodness. I'll tell you what I did do. When I did my campaign announcement on September 15th, I, I wrote up this uh, press release and put it out. At the bottom line, I said, um, and I pledge not to vape nicotine at the Rob Zombie concert at Fiddler's Green on Saturday night. And I, <laughs> I did not vape nicotine that night. I, so um, I'm proud of you, buddy. You actually kept to your kept, word. I kept my word, unlike yeah. Lauren Boebert. We have a we have a good video. Uh, I filmed a bunch of because one of my you know one of my platform planks is that I want doctors who commit these child mutilations for gender affirming care to be prosecuted under the same law as child sex trafficking. I think it's akin. I think it's very close. Um, but I, we shot video for uh, a new video when I was out there for his uh, CD release party for his band where I'm, I'm the like school administrator for child affirmation care. And I'm talking about how we know your par- We know your kids better than you know your kids. And uh, so if we put that one out, it's going to be pretty funny. Hopefully soon. Hopefully we'll get it together soon. Thanks, Shannon Lee, for the uh, $5 Super Chat. Nice seeing you in the chat. We haven't seen you in a while. I miss you. My family misses you. Great hang with you, too. Uh, I know I had a lot to say tonight, and I, um, I'm not – I'm not – I don't regret it. I don't regret a second of it, dude. Like, like I fought 
tooth and nail for this fucking movement since 08, really. Since I since I campaigned for Ron Paul. That's another thing that people don't realize. Even Ron Paul ain't fucking with the Mises Caucus anymore. That's how far it's gotten. Like they pissed off Dan they pissed off Dan McAdams, dude. He's literally the 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 director of the Ron Paul Institute. They're talking shit about the director of the Ron Paul Institute. You got a little bit of power and you're dissing the director of the Ron Paul Institute? Get out of here, dude. Get out of here. Last term, they were trying to say that they were responsible for my uh, my Ron Paul endorsement in 2020, and they had nothing to do with it. Zero. Nobody in the Mises Caucus had a single thing to do with it. That was all emails between me and Dan McAdams. All of them. The whole thing. They tried to take credit for it. Like These are the people they, that I'm, I'm dealing with here. And even after all that, I was still willing to work with them. But not anymore, man. I'm not willing to work with Heiss. Heiss needs to get his shit together. Stop talking shit about your friends, bro. You got a little bit of power. You got a little bit of power in the in the in the libertarian party, and you're gonna go try and play kingmaker and Game of Thrones and backstabbing. No, I don't think so. No. There's Clyde. What's up, Clyde? I love Clyde. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, Clyde, you should fill me in on what's going on with the state party. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the state I, party either. I, yeah, I haven't I done any state work. I don't know that. I don't know. We'll talk. We'll talk, Clyde. Let's talk some time. I talked to Larry Sharp when I was in uh, New Jersey. He hosted the event. He said he wants to come out and do a fundraiser for my campaign here. So let's put something together for the party and have some fun with Larry. We'll fly Larry out and, and get all the all the boys together in Iowa and see if we can raise some money and get some new people signed up and all that good stuff for the party. Um, James, what have you done in your campaign, buddy? What have you have you started beating the streets yet? Yeah, I've had several events so far. Uh, was able to do a, a number of interviews pretty much every other, every third day in the last couple of weeks and uh, been attending different events. Was able to speak at one just Friday night where there was a, a, a bunch of liberty-minded people, sovereignty-minded people who were really excited about the idea of holding the government accountable. So uh, j just because it was it was such a last-minute decision to, to go ahead and start the campaign, I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, just try to get it out the door rolling, and, and then we'll we'll tighten the bolts <laughs> as we roll down the street. So it's it's interesting. I'm learning a lot. I'm really excited. I'm I'm so grateful for all the support I've been getting, not just not just nationally, but most in particularly from from Colorado, from the Libertarian Party here, from the Mises Caucus. Even though I'm not a member, of are you talking? Are Caucus. you talking about the 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 Colorado Caliphate, my friend? Oh man, they are hardcore. They are awesome, and they are they're, they're behind me. They back me. They they embrace me as one of their own, even though I've never done anything for them. I've never done anything for the, the Mises Caucus. Uh, I've never done anything for the, the kind of insurgency that took place within Colorado and nationally over the last several years. I, I wasn't a part of that. I kind of stayed out of it. I had my election integrity thing I was fighting for. I was going after Mark Zuckerberg. I was going after Dominion voting system. So I didn't really have time for that. But now I see the, the value of that because it, it produced relationships that are are are, are the necessary framework and, and interconnectivity of the Libertarian Party today. True. And it's it's those relationships. And yeah, there's some sour that you've mentioned so far in the program. But for the most part, I think this has been a very positive thing that happened at the Libertarian Party for one part of the party to be uh, particularly dominant at this moment is important because we need decisive action. We need to be able to make hard decisions, risky decisions. We need True. to be taking big risks right now because we have a moonshot. We have a chance to really do something next year. And if we pass this by, we deserve the chains that will be cast upon us. And so we, we need to take this opportunity to really focus 
on going after the opposition, going after the Republican Party primarily and exposing them for the fraudsters that they are. At least the Democrats are genuine. The Republican Party, however, they say one thing and do the other. We need to expose them for that component. Get everybody from their party to join the Libertarian Party. Grow the party, grow the base to that 60%. And then the Republicans will have 20, the Democrats will have 20, and we'll have landslide victories across the country. Liberate the country from the chains of tyranny, the the chains of illegal elections. It doesn't matter uh, when it's a 60-20-20 race. Like they could cheat all day. Their cheating mechanisms are only designed for 50-50 races. So we'll blow that out of the water. You know, we, we come at them with the COVID regime. We hold those tribunals. We, we make sure that Congress is set up for the purpose of analyzing the crimes of the last several years and locking up and putting in jail. I love the Guantanamo thing. I, I love that idea. Yes. We need to really push yes. into that. Yes. And then just close the border. Stop that. Let, let's get the boys down there. Let's start patrolling. Yeah. And don't need a wall even. Psychological. It's it's I, the scalps we take. I got a lot of people in the chat saying they want to continue to hear the uh the the dirt that I'm talking about. I do want to I do want to apologize to James. Cuz here's the deal. James, we had already planned doing the show yesterday and then I was having audio issues cuz we got a new audio interface. Um and so I wasn't able to get it done. That's why I had to push push it back till today. Um and uh <laughs> <laughs> and then all this drama unfolded today when we're supposed to do this show and it had to be talked about. I may, I may do a, I may do a whole nother, I may do another, a whole nother show like just myself on it. I don't know. We'll see, but there's a lot to talk about. Uh, Dan DeRocco asks, has Larry openly said he'll back you, Josh. I really want Larry to support. Here's the deal about Larry. Larry, Larry was my absolute mentor when I came into this game in 2017. Okay. He had my back through my whole first chair run when I had absolutely no idea what I was doing whatsoever. Larry had my back when we were going to do the debate with Nick at the national convention. Larry sat down and did my debate prep with me. Larry is my mentor. He's taught me more about policy and how to run campaigns than anybody else in the party or in, in the movement or in politics in general. He's taught me more than all that. Um, I, I, I trust, I trust that if the field stays who it is now, right now, that Larry Sharp will support me. I trust that. Um, I, I had a talk with Larry at the at the debate, um, and Larry did say, "Man, you've gotten so much better, like way better." You know what I mean? Because I used to not be able to talk off the cuff at all. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never been a public speaker, mm-hmm. um, and so it does sound like Larry may we may get Larry's support. I I threw it out there to Larry. Hey, Larry, why don't you run as my vice my vice president? And Larry says, in the perfect Larry voice, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I haven't ruled it out. <laughs> so uh, that might be crazy too. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy to me, dude. Like this whole thing is like, you, 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 you know, it's like they they call me a do nothing grifter, right? But in 2017, I traveled to 38 states. I I petitioned for ballot access in Ohio. I freaking put together a ballot access fundraiser and hosted it in in Birmingham, Alabama. Like I I. I was a do-nothing grifter. You guys were sitting at home making phone calls while I was traveling around the country for six years to try and bolster this movement. I'm a do-nothing grifter all of a sudden. Okay, bitch. You know what I mean? Like, okay, sure I am. Let's ask candidates that I worked with all over the country because they keep saying everyone who's ever worked close with you knows that you're a do-nothing grifter. Okay, well, then why is over half of my campaign people that have been working with me for two, four, or six years who've seen the things that I've done? Why, why was I, why was the executive director of the national party, Mr. Dan Fishman, who absolutely hated me, by the way, 
forced to say on video at an LNC meeting in 2019 or 2020 that Joshua Smith is the number one recruiter in the entire Libertarian Party. Had to pain him to say it, but he still had to say it. Do nothing grifter or number one recruiter in the entire Libertarian Party before Dave Smith came around. You you managed to be the number one recruiter while doing nothing. While doing well, nothing. Yeah, you just sat you just sat on your couch and you know, just I don't know. Sent oh. out telepathic waves to convince people to join the party. Yeah. Uh the libertarian what's up, buddy? Uh he said, Can we can we start a stop being effing our our tarted caucus? I can't say that all on YouTube without getting shut down. Uh but the Dirty South said didn't wreck leave the debate immediately afterwards while the other candidates stayed and talked to the members. Yes. And and you know what I found out? We got confirmation of this today because uh, Michael Rechtenwald has this uh, this like henchman lady named Lori Price who comes mm-hmm. around and answers all the questions that he ha- that people ask of him and 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 he talks she talks a bunch of shit about me. It's like her it's probably his little she thinks it's his little shield to not have to say anything about me. So he just uses his best friend and confidant to do it, uh, which mm-hmm. is fine. But she came on all pissed off because I well, well why don't you have a couple of shots at the next debate or something? So what he did is. He left the debate right after this. Okay, before the debate, I sat down with Dave Smith and had a talk, just a normal talk. We talked about life and kids, and and we had a couple of shots of uh, of uh, Buffalo Trace together. Some really good bourbon. He he appreciates good bourbon. I appreciate good bourbon. I was trying to give my campaign team that showed up dinner and all this stuff, and um and uh, and so um Michael Rechtenwald was waiting to take a picture with Dave Smith while me and him were talking. Okay. I didn't get a, I get a picture with Dave. I've had pictures with Dave already. Uh, and so he got, he left the convention and went and told, went and cried to Lori price that Dave had shots with me before the convention, before the debate while he was waiting to have pictures. And then she came and told on him on Twitter about coming and telling her that that was hilarious. By the way, if we really, really wanted to get petty. Um, so Rectenwald runs something called CLG news, right? I don't think he knows CLG is trademarked. Oh no, we're not going to get that. I'm not getting. That. Yeah, I don't care about trademarks, dude. I, that's yeah. not how I roll. By the I, by I, the look, by I, the I, Madison Square Garden company. Yeah, that's true. But here's the thing: like, I'm not even mad at Rectenwall, dude. He got. Yeah. He's like a he's like a unwitting, unknowing participant in all this drama, mm-hmm. right? Like he he he's like, I get it. Mike Heiss asked him to run. He's like, man, I got to sell some books. I gotta get I gotta get my podcast numbers up. Yeah, I guess I'll run. Right? Like, I'm not gonna be mad at him for this, dude. Like, I can't. I can't be mad at him for that. Yeah. But I but I will say that like he's not the guy. Anybody yeah. who's watching this that's actually trying to act like he's the guy is only doing it out of like cult like mentality for the for the Mises caucus. Yeah. That's it. He he seems like a decent dude. He's just like he's not a talented politician. Like J- Chase Oliver is a more talented politician by far. Yeah, Chase is a much better mm-hmm. politician for sure. I don't agree with him at all. Um but it is what it is. I think he's done well. I, I was surprised by his speaking abilities at two yeah. events now. Yeah. But he's very canned. His responses are all very canned. Oh, absolutely. And and ready to go. I'm off the cuff and I'm passionate mm-hmm. and I'm fiery. And I got the mm-hmm. same exact principles that Dr. Ron Paul had. And I'm trying to revive this revolution. And nobody's going to stand in my way. Period. Plain and simple. Because this is my, my, the future of my kids. Future of my grandkids. The future of my community. Like, and that's why I'm doing this fight. That's why I'm, that's why I'm fighting. You know what I mean? It's not about... Like, listen, unless you guys start subscribing to the YouTube right now, it's not like we're growing the show or anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
So, uh, but listen, if you're watching this, please go and subscribe to the, to the YouTube. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we would like to get our platform going again. It's it kind of plateaued, but uh, I don't know. But anyways, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy day, man. The chat's been super active, and that's yeah. been fun. Yeah, I've got... enjoyed I've enjoyed reading everything, even though I can't, we obviously can't respond to everything. I try. I try to respond to as much as I can, like questions and stuff. And but we will always, always read out and respond to super chats. Yes, so super always. chats. We will always respond to. Um, until we, I mean, if we ever get as big as Tim Cast, there's just no way you don't have enough time. That guy gets like hundreds of super chats every second. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, like I'm watching. Would, if you watch his live feeds, like the the super chats, hundred dollars, five hundred dollars is coming in. Yeah. Like, I'm like, wow, we would, dude. We would try. I would try to do, I would try to, I would have someone fielding them and at mm-hmm. least get like the ones that seemed really, really important for sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, James, so what's next for your campaign, buddy? We're getting ready to really hit the street. Like you said, one of the, the advice you gave me early on is, well, knock every door. Yes. I, I think that's so true. I think that's uh, kind of outside of the, the conception of what most libertarians think could be realistic. The, the thing that we have that the Uniparty doesn't is um, value. We actually can generate value out of our investment, value out of the investment of our time, value out of the investment of our money, to the point where our dollar is worth so much more than their dollar. Every single time we knock on the door, we get a much further than they might otherwise. And the, the reason is because the, the message of the Democrats, the Republicans have been heard. The message of the libertarians have not. And so anybody who's willing to hear that message, that is actually fertile ground in which we can continue to cultivate the principles of libertarianism. That's a relationship that we can continue to build. And it's not just a, a black and white as far as most people are concerned when they, they get a knock at the door. This is the opportunity to, to really build a relationship within CDE3 and to get the constituents engaged in the process of their representation and communicate with them. And I, I don't want to have a listening campaign. I, I want to have a campaign where we're designing the future of America together. I want to talk about the different departments of the federal government that need to be eliminated and the process to eliminate them, the process of transmuting them into voluntary associations that still provide good services to the public, but without the threat of violence and the monopoly of violence that the government inherently has, the state has, I don't think that should be associated with the Department of Education. I don't think our education should be enforced by the threat of violence from the state. And that's like a simple principle. But when we talk to people and we have conversations with them about what matters to them, go door to door like you encourage me to do. I'm most excited for that. We just got a, a bunch of funding in this last week. And so we're using to put uh, we're working to put that funding towards the design of our canvassing strategy we're purchasing that that gravity software for our campaign we're going to be subscribing to that each month and getting all our volunteers on board so that they have the resources to start going door to door start building those relationships and to make cd3 a, a district that is engaged in its political process right now and and, and this might be a, a little bit esoteric for for most people outside of colorado there's two cities that are being represented in CD3 by the Uniparty system. And that's Aspen by what they call Aspen Adam. I like to call him Yogurt, but Aspen Adam, Ad, Adam for Colorado. And then we have Lauren Bobert or second base Bobert, as you, as you call her. I love that. Um, and this, this idea is we have Eagle and Aspen, which is w- within 50 miles of each other, basically within the mountains, right along I-70. So you've got this uh, tourist mountain territory 
that is representing all of CD3, all of the ranchers, all of the miners, everybody in Pueblo, all the steel workers. No, we need representation coming from the, the stronghold of CD3, and that is Pueblo. Pueblo has almost 50% of the population of our district, and we need representation coming from that space and fighting for the, the values, the hardworking blue-collar values within Pueblo that, that my, my family has been a part of for generations. That is what needs to be brought forward and needs to be put against in contrast to the, the two, uh, <laughs> again, uh, tourist mountain town luxury towns that are being represented right now. That, that's just, that's not what our district is about. So sure. I'm excited about that, uh, which you encouraged me to do. And I, I'm definitely going to take the challenge and I'm going to go door to door. And when you're in Colorado next, I, I hope you'll come in and door knock with me. Yeah, I would. I would definitely like to make it to the Colorado uh, convention, but we'll see. We'll see how it works out. We're, we're we're putting together a convention schedule now for as much travel as we can do, um, and then you know, should you guys be crazy enough to put us uh, on the general election, I will. Uh, we will be trying very hard to make it to all fifty states. Some states more than once. Um, hopefully, we'll have raised enough by then to have a nice uh, travel van because I'd like to bring the kids and and the wife to all the Middle America states at least. That'd be a lot of fun for everybody. And, it's You're gonna love driving through the mountains here. Yeah, we did. Well, we did. Uh, we did the trip to Reno all together in the in the minivan uh, last year, and we did. Uh, we we went from here to Salt Lake City in 14 hours from Iowa, dude. It was a marathon sprint, and then uh, we okay, slept. So you passed through Eagle. You passed. No, right we actually by... no. We we didn't go through Colorado at all. We actually went through the okay. long. We went the long way through Nebraska, the long way through Wyoming, and we didn't see a mountain until we got to Wyoming. Cause there ain't no mountains in, in Nebraska and, and Iowa at all. Sure. Um, and then uh, we went all the way through Wyoming and into, and then over the mountain range into uh, Salt Lake city. And then we, we shut down for the night, woke up the next day and made it to Reno in like three hours or something like that from there. So uh, yeah, it was pretty wild, man. And then we were already almost to the, damn near the West coast at that point. So one day you can make it from Des Moines, Iowa, pretty much anywhere. <laughs> pretty much anywhere you want to drive less than less than 20 hours. You can make it to anywhere. I once you get towards like the the east coast and you can't really get there in under 20 hours because I've I've driven to Virginia before and that was 26 hours of driving no no way I'll make it there in less than that no doubt I'll make it there in less than 24 hours guaranteed guaranteed no there's no way we're not that I made it almost to the west coast in 14 hours buddy I could have made it all the way to San Francisco the, in 20 hours the thing that made it really weird was there were so many mountain roads that were like twisting and you had to go like oh, sure. spiraling. So you, so you didn't take the, the nice freeways. It was your fault. I, I don't know. I wasn't navigating. It was all your fault, buddy. That's all right. That's all right. You know, we can't do a show where I don't diss on you a little bit, buddy. It's gotta be. Oh yeah. Fault. You know, you already know. It, it doesn't even phase me at this point. Oh, libertarians love talking about roads, though. I yeah, can we talk about roads. roads all day long. <laughs> Who's <laughs> our favorite? Build the fucking roads. Definitely we started. <laughs> definitely our favorite t subject is the roads. We love when people want to talk about roads with us. I get very what, excited. Do you mind if I talk about the the transportation administration? No, please do. Oh, this, this, King. I, I know that once you're in office, you'll you'll take twenty percent off off the top right away. But I'd like to take the whole 70 percent. Oh, 70%. Okay. Oh, that's even better. But I, I would like to, to make sure that the, the Transportation Security Administration and other transportation institutions in the United States are eliminated entirely. And this is how we replace them, voluntary societies. I live on Greenwood Street. We would have the Greenwood Street Road Association. If there's 
roads in the town of Pueblo that connect to Greenwood Street, we might be members of the road association for that one through the Greenwood Street Association. So I don't need to join multiple road associations. My road association joins that road association. The highway between Pueblo and Colorado Springs. Well, we want Colorado Springs ones to come to Pueblo. We want to go to Colorado Springs. There's a road association for that. And our Pueblo Road Association could join the Colorado Road Association that assists with the development of those inner city roads. Well, we have an interstate system as well that could be maintained by the Road Association voluntarily joined road association that connects various states to each other. And all of a sudden we've eliminated all taxation. People are, are donating for the care of the pavement out front of, out front of their own houses and are holding accountable those people who said they're going to pave the roads and haven't. So I could talk about roads all day, but I, like I, just, I just wanted to get that in there. It's a good, it's a good plan, dude. I appreciate it. Larry, Larry, thank you for the $20 super chat, man, man. He said, made you look. We haven't got a $20 super chat in a while, man. We're, we're picking it up. We're picking back up. Let's go. Let's go. We'll always read your super chats, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Larry. Uh, there's a lot of people watching tonight, too. Hey, hit that subscribe button, man. Help us out. Get our, get the our like uh, button, share. Yeah, share, like, yeah, subscribe, do all those good things. Out. We do shows We do shows once a week right now. Mm-hmm. Although I was talking to the wife today about maybe doing two shows a week again. So I don't know if you'll be able to do it. but I, Right now, I would not be able to swing that. Well, I would. So I'll do one myself. I don't care. Maybe I'll do a, maybe I'll do my own show on Monday, and then we'll do our show on Thursday. I don't know, but I am going to start doing two shows again a week. So, um, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I'm going to have. I'm actually going to have Nathan Polsky uh, on the show soon. Let me see if I can remember what day it was. Um, oh, I thought I put it in the calendar. Uh oh. Hold on. I'm actually, yeah, anyways, I'm having Nathan Polsky on the show one of these Thursdays soon, so uh, if you haven't got the chance, he'll be on the show. We're going to have a good show. I'm excited. Uh, Texas is a big state, man, like the, uh, the, you know, and look, I'm here still supporting Mises Caucus candidates, dude. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing I don't get. Like, I've been, you know, and another, another knock against me is that I hadn't supported Defend the Guard. But I like talk about it all the time. I have people on my show that work on it. I talk didn't, to Scott Horton. I talk to Michael Bolden. Specifically, that yeah, Diego. We, we, yeah, yeah. I had Diego on the show. Yeah, but, <laughs> to talk about how, defend the guard. Yeah, how, how the hell is that not supporting it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I literally had Diego on the show to talk about it. We talked about it for about an hour and a half. Put it out. It got like uh, I don't know five thousand, six thousand views. I've always supported. I was supporting defend the guard the second it came out. The second it came out, I've phone banked for Defend the Guard. Like, how am I not supporting Defend the Guard? I would love somebody to show me proof that I haven't, I haven't, because I got plenty of proof that says I have. But it's just like all these knocks on me, man. It's like, I can refute all of this stuff. All of it. Literally every single ounce of it. And even if I couldn't, like, that's the, cra- that's the craziest part. Amy Parker, thanks for the $2 super chat. We appreciate you. That was your first super chat. You're awesome. We're going to celebrate you. Um, here's the thing. This is the, this is the clo- case closed right here. Boom. Even if, I, even if I was the worst administrator in the party and I sucked and I didn't show up for any of those jobs, I still campaigned three national campaigns and won something in all three of them. You know that I can campaign. You know that I can get people behind me. I beat your candidate in 2022. I literally beat your candidate. 
when you told me directly to my face. I have screenshots from people like Luke Troxel from, from Texas who works for the National Party, by the way. Mike Heiss, several people saying, you will not win this vice chair race. Guess what? I won, bitch. Okay? So don't, so don't tell me that I can't run a campaign. Even if I'm a terrible administrator, I have a sick-ass campaign staff, the best campaign staff, by the way, of any, of any campaign right now. No doubt. No doubt. Not even, it's not even close. I have the best campaign staff. I'm not here to administrate. I'm here to run a movement, start a movement, and get people uh, involved. And I've always been good at that. There is no refutation to me being good at those things. It's a money grab for you. You're running a candidate that won't do half of what I'm going to do. And it's a money grab for you. And that's it. And I don't want to be the guy to say it, but you made me be the guy that said it. There's plenty of people thinking it. There's plenty of people asking me about it. But campaigning is what I'm the best at. The best. So even if you think I'm a bad administrator, I'm better campaigner than anybody you're running, than anybody in the caucus. I probably know how to, I definitely know how to run a campaign better than Dave Smith knows how to run a campaign. He would have got a lot more visibility than me. That's for sure, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But I know how to run a campaign better. In fact, there was a point in all of this where I told Dave Smith I would quit my job and be his campaign manager. Legitimately. Brett, thanks man for the $10 super chat. We appreciate you. He said, campaigning is Josh's strong suit by far. Much love, my man. Much love to you too, man. It's almost, it's almost ice fishing season, bud. Lyndon Felzer. The man. We've had him on the show before. He came on and hung out with us. Oh, Brett. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's the ice fisherman. You remember him? He came down from Minnesota. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's cool, man. I love him to death. He's, he's been like a brother to me. Him and his brother are like my other brothers. Um, James, you got anything before we get going, buddy? Yeah, I just wanted to encourage everybody to take a look at the platform. I have a, a multi-step, over 20 different phases to the to the plan that I'd like to implement to demolish the federal government with the exception of course of the the state department being the only uh viable function of the government so I'd, I've got that multi-stage plan published on my website I'd appreciate any feedback it's developing this is a relationship that we're building on on we're building a relationship destroying the government and I'm really looking forward to getting you to know you through that process um every other candidate nationally and the constituents so I encourage you to check out my website my website again it's wiley4vengeance.com wiley w-i-l-e-y number four vengeance v-e-n-g-e-a-n-c-e dot com and you can find that entire plan i do want to put a i do want to grift a little bit i'm money grabbing like you were saying please donate to my campaign i'm asking for 69 dollar donations to my campaign reoccurring that would be very nice of you and i really really appreciate it and i will send you memes i will send you thank you cards i will send you handwritten notes um, in, in appreciation of your contributions to my campaign. Again, $69, that's, that's, that's the magic number. Nice. If you have to go over that, you can. A 420 would work, 1776, or the maximum amount you could do for each of the election cycles is uh, $3,300. So please consider donating to the campaign. We're really going to punish Bobert here. We're having a lot of fun at it, and I would appreciate you joining for that fun. And of, and of course, you can follow James Wiley on Twitter at reddevil. 89. I don't know where he got the red part at. Where'd you get the red part at, dude? <laughs> God. Nice. Nice. 69. God. Red hair. All in the same sentence, bro. I love it. Hey, James, I'm a big fan, man. I really appreciate you coming on, dude. I look, I look forward to your campaign. I'll be following it closely. If you can get any help, uh, if you need any help at all from me, please let me know, dude. I'll be more than happy to, to shoot you some love, dude. 
Uh, glad to be shoulder to shoulder with you, Josh. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks again, buddy. And yeah, that guy's great. I uh, I love his optimism. I, I I remember I remember when I had that great optimism in the mm-hmm. beginning of all this, and I was ready to fight the fucking state. Yeah, let's go! Right now, I'm like now I'm like fighting with people in the movement every day. Like, hey, can you guys just point me at the Uniparty, please? That's where my anger and right and aggression yeah. and rage needs to go. But you keep trying to pull me back to this drama instead of just pointing me at the Uniparty where it belongs. Okay, because that's what I'm good at. Right? Like it, it's you know these it's always funny when these people like. Oh, Josh likes drama. No, I don't. I hate the shit. I hate it. I hate it, dude. I would much rather be very happy and just running my campaign and and shooting at the and and, and shooting my direct, my anger and my rage at the Uniparty, right? But like, but like these people know that I I'm I'm fiery and I'm rageful and I got I got it inside me. So why do you keep bringing me to aiming at you instead of just helping me out and aiming it at the outside of the party? I don't know. I don't get it, man. But I'm I'm just tired. I'm tired of this shit. I want you, I want I I want to just run a good clean campaign where I don't have to worry about this. I want my debates to talk for themselves and they do. You know what I mean? Like I I obviously come with the policy but also the anger and the rage and the and the hate for the part for the uniparty. Like and and I have the fire and I have the passion and I've learned from the best. Like just let me let me do my thing without trying to start drama by calling my friends. And telling them that I'm this and that and this and that. Don't make me have to go out and prove that I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, just don't be a dick. It's really that easy. Don't be a dick to the people that helped you build this thing, dude. Don't be a dick to the people that you've just... Like, you're kicking people out of the out of the caucus, out of the caucus group, out of the caucus chats just because they support me or they said something favorable about me or they said maybe Rex's not the guy. You're, like, throwing them out. That's like stalling shit, bro. These are the people that helped you build this thing. These are the people that have had your back forever. Don't be a dick. Knock it off. It's not cool. Maybe I lose some support for this. I, I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me that I'm going to lose some support from some people for making this public. That's fine. Most, Most of those people are saying they wouldn't this public probably weren't going to support me anyways. Because you're in a cult. You're in a fucking cult. If you can't look at this objectively, you're in a cult. Period. If you can't look at the screenshots... And instead, instead you're, you're more upset, upset that the screenshots exist, you're in a cult. Period. If you're, you're more upset with me for defending my honor than you are with the guy who's been going around lying about me, you're in a fucking cult. And I don't care. I don't care. Plain and simple, dude. This is basic logic. Be mad at the guy that started this shit. Not the guy who finally called it out and ended it. Okay? Because it's been going on for a long time. And none of you people that are popping up to, 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 to say that I'm an asshole for, for putting this out publicly ever defended me. None of you ever, not a single one of you people. The people that defended me are the ones that are defending me today. Those same people that I've been working with for years, for years, those are the people who defended me. Okay? It's not you. I haven't seen most of you that are all of a sudden popping up to concern troll me. I haven't seen most of you in years not say a word to me. There's been one person, one person that I actually have a ton of respect for that's, that's gotten upset with me over this. One. One. The rest of you guys, I haven't seen you in years. You were probably voting against me in Reno. You were probably actively doing the lying like Michael Heiss. So I don't care. I don't care. I work my ass off. Most of you guys are brand new over the last three years. You weren't even there in 2017 when we didn't have a Dave Smith. We didn't have a Tom Woods. We, didn't, we, we barely, barely had a Scott Horton. 
I was, I was the, the one. one. I, was I was the one, one going around, around the country building support. support. And if, if you, you don't remember that, that then fuck you. you. I mean, I mean just, just to be frank, frank, I don't care. I don't care. You, you weren't in the trenches with me when they were attacking my family. You weren't in the trenches with me in, in 2020 when, when, when they were grooming my, my 15-year-old daughter to try and use her as a, a weapon against me. Be the three months before I got full custody of her? You weren't in the trenches with me when they were making false allegations about all kinds of shit and calling me a Nazi and trying to get me fired from jobs? You weren't in the trenches with me when they tried to stop us from adopting our adopted kid's younger sibling? When they were calling the state on us, calling the DCS on us, trying to get our kids taken away? For fighting for your fucking movement? You weren't in the trenches with us. You weren't there. Nobody, Nobody had, had my, my back. back. Not, Not the, the people that are talking shit today. Certainly. So eat shit. Eat shit. I'm, I'm serious. Eat shit. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I put, I put in more work than you. you. Yes, yes, that's, that's the, the truth. truth. Way, Way more. Way more. So eat shit. shit. I don't know what else to tell you. you. I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna sit. I'm not gonna, gonna sit here and let you gaslight my friends and try, try to wreck my campaign for your book salesman. It's not, not gonna happen. If all those other attacks that you watched me go through since 2017, for your fucking cause, by the way, if they didn't stop me, you think you're gonna stop me? Bet. Bet. Let's go. Bring it. I got receipts, dog. All day. It's not, not a tree you want to climb. climb. I, I promise. Right, you guys think before we go? Uh, follow me on Twitter at BulldogGamer28. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, do all of that. Share the share the show with people. That's one of the best ways we can grow this thing. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's it. Yeah. We're, We're cutting, cutting that. And I'm sending that, that to my guys. guys. Seriously. Eat, eat shit, dude. Eat shit. Anybody who's mad at me for putting this out, eat shit. I don't care. Most people aren't going to watch it. No. Magoo, thanks for the $20 super chat, my man. Uh, he said, he, I gave up on libertarian politics a while ago, but this level of entertainment shouldn't be free. Much love, Jeff. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. I know. We still love you, Magoo. What is, 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 is the echo bad? What's, what's echoing? Damn, that sucks. Really? We're echoing real bad? Is it still echoing over there, or was it just, just when, when I was yelling? yelling. Probably it might have been when you Yeah, I might need to put some more filters on this thing. Because we, we just set up the audio. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just pissed. I'm mad. I'm mad, dude. I put in way too much work. I went through way too much shit for this. Yeah. For to have these people stab me in the fucking back. Eat shit. We'll see you next uh, Monday. I think I might do a show on Monday. Unless it's during the Texas State Convention. Is the echo still bad? It's still bad right now? I don't, I don't understand, understand why. why. All right. It, yeah. It just popped up. It's weird. Sucks. Sorry, guys. I don't, I don't know, know why it's echoing. echoing. I, don't, I don't have any idea. How about now? Is it still echoing? Is it still echoing right now? Oh, I know what happened. I know what happened, dude. What? I, I think. I bet I just turned it off. I bet I, I bet. I don't know. 
Anyways, all right, I'll let you guys go. Sorry, we'll see you next. We'll see you on Monday. I'll get the audio issues figured out. Love you guys to death. Until then, don't forget to break cycle. Holy shit, I think I'm a poet